More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in our number three Thursday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Want to encourage you to go subscribe to our podcast. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck's name, Buck Sexton. You can also find us on all the social media platforms out there, at least for now. Uh, you got to look for us. We may get banned at some point, but we're always going to be here on radio with you, and we'd like for you to go subscribe to our podcast. Give us five stars. Help us to set another record for listenership in October. That is our goal. September was an all-time high, thanks to you guys. One reason why I think the audience continues to grow is because in a sea of dishonesty, you may or may not agree with what Buck or I say on any individual day, But I think we have shown you over the past five months or so that at least we are going to be honest with you. We are going to trust your intelligence. We are going to allow you to make your own decisions, but we're going to present you facts and data that matter and allow you to have a more educated opinion on so many different issues out there than you might otherwise have based on media disinformation that is everywhere we're going to share a clip that basically eviscerates cnn in conjunction with an interview that joe rogan did but first joe biden has recently spoken and he wants all of you to know that if you don't support covid vaccine mandates you are falling guilty to misinformation And you can't trust people like Clay Travis and Buck Sexton who will tell you, hey, you should be able to make your own choices based on your own personal health decisions. This is Joe Biden, number 25, saying we don't need to be divided here. You just need to shut up, listen and do exactly what I want. Let's be clear. Vaccination requirements should not be another issue that divides us. That's why we continue to battle the misinformation that's out there. And companies and communities are setting up their, uh, stepping up as well to combat these, the, the misinformation. Southwest Airlines, 
at the head of the pilot, the head of the pilot's union and its CEO dismissed critics who claim vaccination mandates contributed to flight disruptions. School board members, religious leaders, and doctors across the country are fighting misinformation and educating people about the importance of vaccines. Clay, you see how amazing. he just shifted mandates and vaccines yeah, as if they're the same thing? It's amazing that this is a guy who does something highly divisive by his own admission was unnecessary and divisive eight months ago. They take an action to divide the country in this way. They exceed constitutional authority. They demonize people who not only have legitimate freedom concerns about vaccine mandates, but also entirely overlooked and highly legitimate concerns about I have natural immunity. You're still making me get this shot. That's absurd. They do all of that. And then they turn around and say, why are you being so divisive? I mean, this is gaslighting. It's madness. But what's the alternative for the Democrats to admit that this has all just been one big incrementalist authoritarian spree, that they're essentially doing all the things they said at the beginning they wouldn't do and now threatening to do at least some of them forever? More people, the ones who are persuadable, might wake up and say, oh, we got a real problem here. But I I, I don't want to get us distracted from the misinformation claim, Clay, which I know that one is particularly interesting that Joe Biden's worried about misinformation but not from his own side hmm let's play all right here we go all right earlier in the show you might not have heard it i understand people are busy you might have missed the opening of the show so i want to play this again joe rogan grilled cnn's dr sanjay gupta on all of the misinformation that was put out on cnn about him taking a horse deworming pill let's first listen to rogan grilling sanjay gupta and then we're or what do you think should we play the rogan yeah. first yes. yeah let's do that then we'll play you all the cnn lies this is dr C, uh, sanjay gupta cnn's chief medical correspondent on Joe Rogan's podcast, listen to this. Do you think I want that that's to, a problem that your news network was not, lies? Well, I don't. I don't, think. dude. What did they say? They lied what and they said say? I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Along they with shouldn't have said a it was bunch horse. of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human pill because there were people that were taking it, the veterinary medication, you're not obviously. You got it from a doctor, so that it shouldn't be called that. Ivermectin can be a very effective medication. For parasitic disease, and as you say, it's probably, you know, I think, what, a quarter billion people have taken it around the world? I get that. Way more. Billions of people have taken it. Does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer? they, they, They shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask? You I didn't think that was your, did, you're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before coming But they coming did it with such glee. No, yes, Joe. Yes, I watched. Oh, yeah. I, I like that he throws in there, because it wasn't, this wasn't a, this was a willful and malicious dishonesty from CNN, because their audience of intellectually insecure but haughty people want to look down they want to sneer at anybody who has questions about the vaccine and or or just has questions about treatments and so that was what this was all about and of course now they look like idiots but you should clay i think remind everybody of what cnn was yeah really not saying. only that by the way buck this is one reason they've had trouble attacking us 
because we're smarter than most of the people who want to attack us that would be working at CNN. I mean, it's right? true. I mean, it's I don't true. want to brag or draw attention to ourselves. You know, I hate to do that. I'm the most humble person I know. But we would basically eviscerate most of our critics on an intellectual level. But let's go ahead and eviscerate CNN with their own words here. Here's a horse dewormer montage courtesy of misinformation experts CNN. You won't get vaccinated. You won't wear a mask. You say, oh, you're worried about the FDA approval. You don't know it's in the vaccine, but you'll take a drug meant for deworming livestock. Really? When you have a horse deworming medication that's discouraged by the government, that actually causes some people in this crazed environment we're in to actually want to try it. That's the upside down where we're in. He says he's taking ivermectin. It doesn't work. He's not helping matters when he promotes this sort of nonsense uh, therapeutic mix. A doctor threatened by a patient's family member for not treating him with horse dewormer. The doctor said ivermectin misuse was one of the reasons local hospitals are congested. Well, well, well. well if well, it is well. an old horseworm rodent. <laughs> they keep saying I'm taking horse dewormer. I literally got it from a doctor. Clay, by the way, the, the overwhelmed hospital story about ivermectin was also an abject Total fabrication. Lie. Total lie. Reported all over the place. But then the narrative only has to serve its purpose. And I think this is a really important thing for everyone to remember about all this. The narrative only has to serve its purpose. Look, Rush used to say drive-bys. And it's exactly right. That really gives you, they just go by, attack the enemy, and move on. Doesn't care what destruction they've left. Doesn't care what happens in the aftermath. That's what they do with so many of these COVID stories. It was all ha-ha-ha, the idiots and their horse dewormer called ivermectin. And now, I mean, do you think that Brian Stelter who I don't think you should be taking peak physical performance tips from in the first place. <laughs> but do you think Brian Stelter is going to go on TV and be like, wow, I was really wrong. I shouldn't have said that. That was really uh, disingenuous of me. No, of course not. They're just going to move on to the next story. Well, because their audience will mostly, unfortunately, never be exposed to the lies. That's the problem about the misinformation that comes out from places like CNN, which we just played for you. Our audience knows. I think, and I'm curious what you think about this, Buck. You and I, I know, read widely and voraciously every different media source so that not only do we know what they might be saying on the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal, where I tend to find myself most often represented in the media uh, personally, but also what they're saying on the New York Times uh, editorial page, what they're saying in the Wall Street, uh, sorry, in the Washington Post, what CNN uh, is saying, what MSNBC I feel like a lot of CNN viewers consider themselves to be so educated, but they are totally unaware of the larger panoply of information and opinion out there. And so when Gupta goes on Rogan and just gets eviscerated like this, he's inside of that CNN island and he's genuinely not aware of what the larger world thinks. That's true. There's another dynamic that I think plays into this a lot, too, which is that the audience at CNN as long as the right targets were attacked, will forgive and forget yes. any dishonesty. It does not matter. Perfect example of this, maybe the best example, Russia collusion. Four years of just lies and hysteria and madness and the special counsel and Russia and Putin and hiding under Trump's bed and all this stuff. All lies. Did they did people say, oh, wow. I really can't trust CNN anymore because they fabricated this whole thing and tried to take down. They tried to take down a presidency with it. It was effectively an internal soft coup that was going on. And it's fine with the CNN audience because it was against 
the right targets. And that's the way they feel about it. Do you think that people that, that the, the horse dewormer thing that were watching it, they were all laughing about it? Ha ha. You know, I'm sure if we went to late night com- uh, comedians, too, they were making jokes about it. I could assume it's too easy for them not to. Right. And they don't. There's of no course. intellectual honesty with the late night comedians. And the people that watched that and laughed, they would just say, well, whatever. There's still a bunch of, you know, idiot Trump supporters. It doesn't matter. They don't change their minds and they don't get upset at the outlet that lied to them because in their minds, they were lied to for the right reasons. Here's what's happening, though, Buck. Those Rogan clips in that interview that he did with Sanjay Gupta and our show, too, because I think we have a lot of disaffected, quote, liberals or middle of the road people who have been red pilled themselves. The number of people out there every day that are seeing the lies propagated by CNN and the dishonesty, COVID has made it apparent to many people. It has red-pilled a lot of them. And that clip, which, by the way, just on Twitter alone of Joe Rogan grilling Sanjay Gupta about the lies on CNN, it's up to over 3.5 million views just on Twitter. No telling how many millions of people are going to hear it on our show as well. And what that is doing is it is expanding the persuadable middle. That's what I always talk about. I'm not after. We got a big audience. I'm after the persuadable middle. The people who can turn a 50-50 country into a 60-40 ass-kicking in 2022 and in 2024 with the right candidates to take back the country. There's 40% that are never going to realize that CNN has lied to them, that MSNBC has lied to them. It's going to be really hard for them to ever acknowledge all the lies that they have believed. But there's 20% in the middle, Buck, who are a persuadable, reasonable middle part of the country, and we got to win them. This is an easy question to answer. How many days this week have you woken up in really rough pain? If the answer is more than one, let's see what we can do to get you out of that. Nobody wants to wake up with unbearable pain every day. What would you give to not feel like that? Would you spend $20? $20 to see if you can stop feeling that way? $20 and three weeks' time? That's the cost of Relief Factor's Quick Start Pack and the number of weeks' worth of their product on hand to help you find a pain-free day. Our friends at Relief Factor have developed this three-week quick start pack. You take Relief Factor three times a day at breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three weeks, and you'll know if it works for you or not. Hundreds of thousands of people have tried, and about 70% of them have gone on to order more. Those are amazing odds, right? Relief Factor works for 7 out of 10 people. Will you be one of those 7 out of 10 who lives their life in less pain? Clay, we know it was created by doctors and perfected over 15 years of research. This is a great product folks should try. Our own families use it. Your dad, my wife, you can join the more than half million people and order the three-week quick start for only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to get the 1995 three-week quick start developed for you. Relieffactor.com. Call 800, the number four, relief. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Jack Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, 
I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Things getting a little testy in Virginia. Welcome back to Clay and Buck Show. Would-be governor, heaven forbid, Terry McAuliffe, hopefully on his way in a few weeks here to getting trounced by Glenn Youngkin, who now, of course, they're trying to make it seem like is an extension of Trump. It's like Trump's little brother. You know, this is what the main uh, mainstream Democrat DNC apparatus is doing in a desperate attempt to push McAuliffe over the finish line. But as as you may have recalled from earlier in the week, we talked about it uh, or last week, actually, it was when McAuliffe said, basically, well, we don't want parents going in there at school board meetings and telling, you know, schools what they should be teaching as if they're going to say, don't teach the ABCs or multiplication tables. We're talking about critical race theory, transgender bathroom policy and masks in schools. That's what the parents are upset about. That's why there has been this. Soccer mom insurrection, if you believe what the DOJ is worried about uh, at these school board meetings. And Terry McAuliffe had someone go up to him and ask a question outside of a, a, a meeting out of school just yesterday. Uh, he was doing some kind of an edu- that's right, an education roundtable in Alexandria, Virginia. And uh, here's here's how that went. Who do you think should be in control of education if not Virginia parents? Vaccinated yet? That's the question I want to know. Who do you think should be in control of education if not Virginia parents? You're dangerous here. Can I just can I say first of all, he just this is now the way you can shut things down. You just be like instead of going la 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 can't hear you go. Are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? You start screaming at some guy who's asking him a question. And also he's outside. Why should he be wearing a mask? It makes no sense. Well, this is you're right. First of all, we got to win this race. OK, so everybody out there who is listening to us right now, people want to say, hey, I understand 
that you are fed up with so many of the decisions that are being made in our country right now. What is the number one thing that could happen in the next month that could help to alter that trajectory? Next year, obviously, we got the midterms. Everybody needs to go out and vote. We need to take back the country, right? But what is the number one thing that could happen that would make the Biden administration say, uh-oh, in a big gulp kind of way? It is a state that they won by 10 points in Virginia. We ain't talking about Nevada. We're not talking about Georgia. We're not talking about Pennsylvania or Michigan or Wisconsin or any of those states, Arizona, that were tight. We're talking about one that they put the check mark in comfortably. If Youngkin wins... It's an uh-oh moment. And that's what's going on right now, Buck. They're trying to turn him into Trump, and they are trying to shift all the attention away from the lies they've told about local education, and they're trying to go back to COVID fear porn. Are you vaccinated? Oh, the, what are you doing, young man? How you're dare dangerous. you ask me about this you're, question? You're, you're dangerous here. I mean, think think about this as well. First of all, I'm sure McAuliffe is vaccinated, and he's walking outside with his big mask on, because this, as we know, is signaling to lifestyle libs out there. Yes. That, oh, I take the virus seriously. And McAuliffe is feeling the heat because his comment was uh, not just what he says here, but his comment about, oh, we're going to listen to parents. Yeah, actually, that's why school board meetings exist, so that that's parents who can have their the voices hor- uh, heard. And and also, they've all they've been caught with the constantly changing lies about critical race theory. There is no critical race theory being taught. You don't know what critical race theory is to... Uh, if anybody teaches critical race theory, Randy Weingarten of the American Federation of Teachers will legally pay their bills if they violate. So they just keep lying and changing the story there. McAuliffe is on the wrong side of this issue. And the Loudon parents insurrection could, to your point, Clay, flip a D plus 10 state in this governor's race. And that terrifies them. And that's why immediately when his lies are brought up to him right i mean his his belief you know who funds all the local schools it's our property taxes buck and they know that they are in trouble here and they're trying to shift it back to the fear porn every single time that's their play And as we roll on, we continue to break down everything in the world of sports. We will do that for you next. And in the world of politics and in the world of insanity, we will tee off on CNN and beyond the final half hour. You are not going to want to miss it. It is absolutely fantastic. And in the meantime, ExpressVPN. You need to sign up right now. Stop letting strangers invade your online privacy. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash clay. You can use my link at expressvpn.com slash clay to get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash clay to learn more. Sign up today and protect yourself from all the people who want your data online. Expressvpn.com slash clay. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Final half hour of the program. Go subscribe to the podcast. Help us set another all-time record in October as we fight back against insanity every single day. Try to bring you truth and justice in what oftentimes is a fiction-filled world of media and misinformation. And we're talking a little bit earlier in the program about Kyrie Irving refusing the COVID vaccine mandate. 
And he's a player for the Brooklyn Nets. He's in the NBA. Buck, you pointed out that actually some of the most eloquent people in the larger pop culture universe, as it pertains to vaccine mandates, have ended up being NBA players, all of whom, at least that have spoken out intelligently that I have seen, are the exact opposite of the stereotype of a white redneck pickup driving red state Trump voter. We don't know exactly what their politics are, but these are young black men eloquently discussing not just the fact that they're anti-vaccine because they're not, but the idea of being opposed to mandates. And one reason is because when you are young and healthy, there is virtually no risk to you, fortunately, from COVID. And these are some of the most healthy people in the entire United States. There is a player, Brandon Goodwin, he played in Atlanta for the Hawks. He says that he took the COVID vaccine and that as a result of taking the COVID vaccine, he developed blood clots and he's not going to be able to play this year. Now, we're going to play his audio. This is his story. I'm not pretending he's a doctor or we're a doctor. But when you rely directly upon the health of your body, as all athletes do, being told you have to put something in your body could be seen as a direct danger for your ability to earn a living. And I want you to listen again. This is Brandon Goodwin, former Atlanta Hawks player. Let's play cut number 23 here, saying he got the COVID vaccine. He was 100% healthy. He wasn't in danger from COVID. And then he developed blood clots, and now he's not going to be able to play this year. Listen. I got sick, then I never quite recovered from it. Like my, I always had back pain. Uh, um, you know, I was just super tired in the games. Like, when we played Philly back-to-back, bro, I was so tired. Like, I felt like I couldn't run up and down the court. And then my back was hurting. Then we went home, I think. That's when I started, like, my back really started hurting bad. Like, And then I'm like, all right, I got to go to the doctor. And that's when I found, like, I found out I had blood clots. Like, that all happened in a span of a month. I was fine up until then. Up until I took the vaccine, I was fine. So people trying to tell you, like, no, it's not the vaccine. No, like, how do you know? They don't know, by the way. I mean, people say that to them, obviously. And as we've said, look, we haven't been able to. You you can't independently verify uh, this this NBA players claims. But let's let's just take a step back for a moment. It certainly sounds credible. I'm sure this man knows his health well. He believes it. You you I was going to say you care. And I've, I've learned this the hard way. You care more about your health more than any other person on planet Earth. It matters <laughs> yeah. more to you than any than any yes. doctor, than any hospital system. And let's also remember that we had, I believe it was, was it Oregon or Washington State? I, I, it was one of those two states. I forget now. But they confirmed that a young, healthy mother yes. died as a result of a blood clot from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which we've After always known. After saying it was misinformation on social media. Right. Remember, they wouldn't even allow that story to be shared. They confirmed it. Now... You know, all if you watch any big pharma commercial, you'll see people, you know, usually on horseback on a beautiful beach. (laughs) And then it will start talking about, you know, cramps, bloating, diarrhea, sudden death, your head explodes like all this stuff comes up as the side effects, because we know that when you're putting things in your body that cause major change can be major positive change comes with big upside. in A lot of cases, that's why you take some of these drugs. Some of them are life changing, but there are these other situations or all these side effects that come up and clearly there is 
some degree of side effect, as, as much as it can be very moderate, and people can argue about that. I'm not saying one way or the other, but there are some side effects with the vaccine, and that should be taken into account when the government's saying, if you don't do this as a person at very low risk, you're a bad person who wants old people to die. And I think that's where the risk analysis becomes so significant. And that's why I'm not anti-vax, but my kids are not getting the COVID vaccine because they're not in danger of COVID. We haven't gotten them antibody tested, but given the fact that my wife and I already had it, it's probably a high chance that our kids had it and showed no significant symptoms. And for young, healthy athletes, the people at the absolute peak of the health spectrum in this country, the idea that you need to be vaccinated for an illness that provides no danger to you whatsoever or significantly anyone else that you're playing against is a form of madness. And we talked about this a a few minutes ago or earlier in the show. I want to point out, too, that Kyrie Irving, star basketball player, is refusing the COVID vaccine. And every all the blue check marks want to use athletes as opportunities to make political statements. Usually because they have big social media following. That's too, right. So. so Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, and he ends up making tens of millions of dollars more because of his political commentary than he ever would have made as a player. Most athletes who have taken political stands have all made more money because of politics than less. Kyrie Irving is the first athlete that I can remember taking a political stand that could cost him tens of millions of dollars. Now, some people are pointing out Pat Tillman, and I responded to this on social media. I'm talking about direct financial. Obviously, look, decide to give up a pro career. A multi-million dollar contract to serve as an Army Ranger in Afghanistan. That's a totally different level of bravery. Leaving to be a pro athlete to go risk your life to be a soldier. Pat Tillman is one of the true heroes of our country, period. I'm just talking about financially, right? Everybody says, oh, it's so brave that LeBron James spoke out against police officers. No, he's making more money well, you see because this, of that. You Colin see this Kaepernick. even in, uh, with college, on college campuses and also with Hollywood celebrities yes. where they all want to say they're stunning and brave becomes yes. a joke when they're saying to an auditorium of people, they're, they're saying in front of a crowd exactly what that crowd wants to hear and exactly what will benefit them professionally in the broader media Hollywood ecosystem or academic uh, academic ecosystem. That's not bravery. Um, we, you know, we. By the way, a little bit of a thing we could get to tomorrow. Yale Law School and the trial. Oh, I house saw this party. story. We should we should get into this tomorrow. We're not going to have time to get into it really today. But at Yale Law School, which is by uh, LSAT scores, right? The the most elite school. I didn't. Yes. I, I I looked at business schools, not uh, law schools. But I know I have so many friends who went to law school. It's considered the most elite law school in the country. Meanwhile, Bro Cuomo went there. I mean, they let in a lot of like sort of celebrities and politician family members and stuff like that. Uh, but they said that, well, let's just say that they brought somebody in to get a lecture about diversity and inclusion because at one point the claim was made, as I understand it, that the invocation of apple pie is racist. Now, I, yeah. I, I thought I'm pretty sure that when someone says as American as apple pie, they just sort of mean it for all of America. Yeah. One of the stupid things that's out there is the idea that food can be racist. Like everybody likes apple pie. Like, you know, everybody likes fried chicken. Like everything out there that is really popular, 
this idea, the whole cultural appropriation there, there of absurdity. No, there is no cultural appropriation. There is yes. no culinary appropriation. Food belongs to everybody who wants to eat it. That is the world that I insist on living in. Because I'm probably going to order some pad thai tonight, Clay. Now that I'm thinking yeah, about it, because I don't want to think that I'm that I'm culturally appropriating things when I eat sushi. Like, ah, you know what? I kind of like it. All right. And, uh, and, and, and by the way, I got a coffee in front of me right now. Coffee came from Ethiopia. That doesn't mean that I'm culturally appropriating coffee. The entire point of humanity is if someone creates something that we like, we eat, consume more of it, right? The idea that any culture owns anything is patently absurd. We're going to come back in a second here, close it up with some of your thoughts, perhaps, if you light us up right now on the lines, 800-282-2882. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation follows a clear and simple mission. Let's do good for others while we can. And they're doing good every day across this country. Think about the accomplishments of this foundation just this year. They're midway through gifting 200 mortgage-free homes to America's heroes and their families. The foundation's chairman and CEO, Frank Sillers, walked from the Pentagon to Shanksville to downtown Manhattan, where he retraced his baby brother's footsteps the morning of 9-11. His brother, Stephen Sillers, was a first responder who raced to the World Trade Towers on the morning of 9-11 in an attempt to save lives. And Clay, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honored the people we lost to 9-11 related illnesses at a ceremony on September 12th. It was the first time that was done in our nation's history. Yeah, and look, these guys do such unbelievable, fantastic work. The least you can do is give $11 a day to celebrate and support all the fantastic work that they can do. You can do that at T2T.org. It's a Tunnel to Towers Foundation, just $11 a day. Go sign up and help these guys do the fantastic work that they do at T2T.org. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. 
Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Clay and Buck Show. This is Buck in NYC. Clay going to be back in Nashville probably, what, tomorrow? Are you going to be in Nashville? I'm in the ATL tomorrow. I'll be with our Atlanta affiliates. Go say hi to uh, Team team Clay and Buck uh, Atlanta for me. I won't be down there tomorrow. Clay will be down there, but... Uh, This is our way of saying, if you want to continue the conversation, tell us what you think about the show. Send us your thoughts. So many great ways to do it. Clay and I are both very active on the social media platforms out there. So if you haven't had a chance to call in, but you want to tell us your thoughts or throw something out there, add something into the mix here, tweet us. Uh, We're both on Twitter. I'm Buck Sexton on Twitter. He's Clay Travis on Twitter. You can just assume that our names. (laughs) Buck Sexton. There's not a lot of overlap. Uh, uh, There's not a lot of competitors. Yeah, there's 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 one. It's one or the other uh, of us. It's there's no one else out there in terms of our names. So please give us a follow on Twitter on Facebook, too. I know a lot of you are on Facebook and we're posting stuff on Facebook at uh, at my Facebook page. Clay's on Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. And we have been meaning to talk. I'm not yet through with Squid Game. So we'll get to that when I finished all of it, but it's been pretty intense. I can tell you that. You uh, like it? It's wildly popular. It's I so it's, here's the thing: as I get older, I grew up watching all these '80s action movies, and so I saw a lot of violence on film. But it was almost cartoonish violence, like in Commando. Great Schwarzenegger flick, by the way. He's running around. He's got an M60 in one hand. He's just mowing down a hundred people yes. at a time. You know. Movies where you have people like, you know, there's real visceral people begging for their lives and psychopaths and stuff like that. I get uncomfortable that level of watching that level of violence as I get older. And some of the stuff in Squid Game kind of turns my stomach a little bit. It's a little Red Wedding-esque from from, uh, Game Game of Thrones, Thrones. which I think I'm still traumatized by. But anyway, on, on Netflix, we can talk about Squid Game maybe tomorrow this weekend or before we go into the weekend. You have Dave Chappelle. With his Netflix, but I I think Killing Me Softly, I think is the one is the best Dave Dave Chappelle special ever, and that's from way back, maybe oh I think two thousand or something or early two thousands. Yeah. Killing Me Softly, I think turned him into a kind of a superstar before the Chappelle Show propelled him even beyond that. Netflix is defending the CEO Ted Sarandos, doubling down on Chappelle defense here. They're not going to pull the special, but here's the thing. Now, I like the outcome, but I think that we need to discuss a little bit of how they're, you know, in math class, you had to show your work. Yeah. I, I want us to look at the, they're getting the right answer, which is you defend Chappelle on this one. But why are they getting there? Clay, they've got so much money invested into this guy and this special, and it's causing so many people to watch Netflix, sign up for Netflix, that as much as I wish I could say it, it is the proper First First Amendment position in principle, right? It's not really a First Amendment issue because it's not the government, but it's a free speech issue. I think that they're realizing, one, there's a lot of money line here, and two, we've always got to point out this notion that mockery equal is the same as real-world violence, speech equals violence. We have to fight this and shut it down for absurdity at every, at every turn because it is the gateway to totalitarianism for the left. Here's what I'll say. 
I think that comedians, and some people think I'm crazy for saying this, but I think comedians are one of the most important allies that those of us out there who despise woke culture, which you and I are certainly in that camp, comedians are the antithesis of woke culture. Because anyone who has ever been in a comedy club understands that the way you ridicule absurdity oftentimes very uh, wittily and also in ways that you could not directly is through the use of satire and through the use of comedy and satirical ridicule. And the idea that comedians are being told, hey, you can't make fun of X or you can't make fun of Y represents the death of comedy because comedy, like creativity itself, is about exploring boundaries. Great art, Buck, and it's like people on the left have forgotten this, doesn't come from dogma. It comes from nuance. And when you eliminate the edges of comedy, you are eliminating nuance, you are eliminating risk, you are eliminating the outgrowth of creativity. So to me, I had this conversation because I'm in L.A. right now. I was out the other night with somebody who's high up in, in production in L.A. And he was saying, you know what? L.A. used to be used to be where eccentrics would go, where people on the edges of society would go to create dynamic new content. Now L.A. is about mind control. If you don't have the right opinion, you get canceled. It's the opposite of everything that used to be in our culture when it came to creativity. I still think that if Netflix felt like they had more to gain from pulling it than from leaving it, they probably would pull it. I don't think that they're big well, believers that's business in, general, in, right? in free speech. Right. Yeah. So in this case, with, with Chappelle, I think uh, I think they're just going with the bottom line. But also, you have to remember, this is the trans activist that got, was suspended from Netflix because... The trans activist, uh, I'm not sure what the preferred pronouns are. The yeah, trans right. activist, it's a, it's a, it's a he. I mean, the, it's a male, uh, ran in and got all upset about it. And then they suspended him and now he's been reinstated. Uh, but anyway, the whole, the whole situation is that they're claiming that by Chappelle making jokes, it translates to violence against transgender people. And that is a, completely disingenuous argument that must be fought at every turn because that then becomes the excuse for absolutist censorship especially around issues of satire and and comedic criticism which the left cannot abide because the left is largely absurd not only that the left is afraid because the right's getting a lot funnier it used to be that conservatives were not anywhere near as funny i think there's more freedom in conservative thought now such that some of the most interesting and engaging and intelligent and thought-provoking commentary is not coming from the left wing anymore and i think they're threatened and i think there are a lot of people like dave chappelle that haven't realized it yet but they got a lot more in common with you and me than they do with their left-wing uh, brethren. I think so. <laughs> Wait, I think where, so. Dave Chappelle is you a socialist, this. my friend. I don't think <laughs> he's got a, he I'm agrees with us hey, on wokeness a hey, little bit he sometimes ain't a, for five He minutes. ain't a socialist if he's selling his program to Netflix for $50 oh, million. Dollars. The richest the richest people in America are socialists by their own admission, my friend. He they pretend he to be, but they got production companies and they're hardly paying any we're, taxes We're, we're going to get all. into this and Squid Game and Netflix and more tomorrow. Oh my, get ready for it. Clay and Buck just getting started. 
You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 